There's more to this life than what you can just see. And there's stuff that's going on around us all the time that we have to contend with on a, on a daily basis. And how we deal with those things that makes all the difference in the world. And we have a spiritual enemy that is continually on the hunt to try to trip us up, to try to sideline us, to try to keep us from being effective, trying to make us ineffective. And he's, he's always doing that. It's his job. 100% of the time he's on duty. He's always trying to do that to us. Our enemy has a name. It is Satan. And he is the great deceiver. He is the great deceiver. And his mission, the Bible tells us, his mission is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he is very good at it. He's, he's, he's professional at it. And one way that he does this, he's got a bunch of different tools in his box, a bunch of different weapons that he can bring out. But one of the ways he does this is by telling us lies that hurt us. By telling us lies that keep us from being effective. And something that we have to be careful about with this is, is he can take something that is truth and twist it up a little bit, manipulate it a little bit into something that is untrue. It's got a little bit of truth to it, but overall it is untrue. What we're doing today is we're starting this new series where we're going to look at some truths from God, from the Bible, that God wants to make real in our life, that He wants to use to bless us. But Satan wants to take those same truths and he wants to manipulate those. And he wants to make them untrue. He wants to make them hurt you. He uses those to hurt you. Next week what we're going to do is we're going to look at the fact that we... We have to deal with people in our life, you know, on a day-to-day basis. We have to deal with people. And because some people have the need to be liked by everyone, want to be approved, some people become people pleasers. And as a result, they are not as effective in their mission for God as they could be. It's detrimental to their relationship with God. Today what we're going to do is we're going to address the truth that you'll never measure up. Okay, you'll never measure up. No matter how hard you work, what I mean by that is no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you try, you will never be good enough to win God's approval. Okay, you will never be good enough to get to God through our attempts at righteousness. Okay, there's no way we can do that. That is true. Okay, that's why we need God's grace. We need God's grace in our life. But the way that this truth is manipulated, the way this truth is played out in the lives of people like us who are trying to follow Jesus, is like this. Okay, the truth is, well, I'm not going to be good enough. Uh, well, I will never measure up. Our spiritual enemy's manipulation, he comes in and he twists it, and he's going to use it to try to beat you down. He's going to try to use, use it to beat you up and to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. Now, you may hear it play out in your life like this. You want to make a difference at church? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You know you're not good enough. You know that you're not spiritual enough. You want to witness to somebody at work? Eh, you know, they know stuff about you. You know, They know some of the screw-ups that you've done. They know a little bit about your past, your problems. You'll never be a good witness. You'll never be good enough. You'll never measure up because you're just a screw-up. 
That's just who you are. Now here's where the paradox comes. Once we realize that we will never ever be good enough to attain God's goodness on our own, when we realize that, that actually frees us up to do what God wants us to do. It brings incredible freedom when, when we realize that. And we have some examples in the Bible of people, people that we know, people that we look up to, people that we've heard of, heard of before. They recognized that they would never be good enough. And these are, these are on your listening guide. First we have Abraham. Now Abraham, he didn't come and he didn't say, man, I am the guy. You know, God has talked to me. He's going to build this great nation out of me. I have this great faith. No, he didn't say that. Instead, in Genesis 18.27, he said, I'm nothing but dust and ashes. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, he, he saw God. And when he saw God, he said in Isaiah 6.5, he said, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. Then I live among a people of unclean lips. We've all heard of Peter. Peter was right at the side of Jesus. I mean, he, he followed Jesus for at, at least three years. He got to see him do many, many miracles. He was their firsthand witness of these things. And after witnessing this certain miracle firsthand, again, he was right there. Peter said in Luke 5 8, he said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. The Apostle Paul. As I've said before, probably the greatest Jesus follower who's ever lived. Not probably, is the greatest Jesus follower who ever lived. He wrote most of the, the New Testament. And he said in 1 Timothy 1.16, I am the worst of sinners. Now, these are all people from the Bible that we recognize. These are all people that we look up to, that we try to learn things from their life and from, from their, their writings. But when these guys, when these people thought about themselves... They thought, I'll never measure up. I will never be good enough. Now what I want us to do now is I want us to look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23. And if you've been around real life for any amount of time, you've, you've heard this, this verse before. But this will be a good verse to put in your memory bank. And this will be a good one for you to memorize and to have there. Because believing this verse and understanding this verse will give you incredible freedom in your life. And it says this, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now how many have sinned? All. That's everybody, isn't it? That pretty much covers everybody. You know, the most righteous of us who's in this room today, people that look like they might have it all together, they have all, everything in line, every one of us here today, we have sinned. We have fallen short of God's standard. And no matter how you even judge yourself, I can pretty much guarantee you've fallen short of your own standard, haven't you? That we all have sinned. And we all have fallen short. Now what the devil does is the devil comes in and he tells us, you'll never measure up. But what he does when he says that is he takes it and he moves it away from God's grace and he uses this to bring condemnation into our life. As a result, it's easy for us to fall into a performance trap where we start to think things like, if only I could be a little better. If only I was a little better at this. If only I had, had done this. Or if only you know, I could be better in my life. And when we do that, we either feel pride when we're doing good 
or we feel guilt when we're doing bad. And neither one of those is a good way to go. Okay, both of those are wrong. So, Apostle Paul, he wrote the book of Philippians, and we can see in chapter 3 that when he started out his, his spiritual journey, that he was most likely living under the pressures of this performance trap, of trying to, to live up to this stuff. And in this chapter, as you, when you get home, you can read the entire chapter, but what he's doing is he's listing off his resume of righteousness, and he's saying, you know, this is how I am, this is what I'm doing, you know, this is what I did. And he, basically what he was saying was, if anybody out there would have been good enough to get to God on their own behalf, on their own works, then it would have been me. That's what he's saying here. Now, he lists his reasons. This is Philippians chapter 3, we'll start at verse 5. He says this. It says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. Now hang on just a second. What does that mean? Okay, why does that matter right there? Well, the Judaizers back there, a group of people back there in his time, that were, they were teaching people that in order to be saved, you had to be circumcised. Which would have been really bad news if you found that out when you were like 25 years old or something. <laughs> but then he goes on. He says, I am pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. And what he was saying there is if he was alive today, he would say something like, my grandpa was Billy Graham and my great-grandma was Mother Teresa. Okay, I had this good spiritual lineage that I came from. And he says, I was a member of the Pharisees. We've talked about the Pharisees here before. He said, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as, as far as righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. That was his resume of righteousness right there. That's what he's listing off there. And basically what he's saying is, he's saying, you may follow the Ten Commandments, but us Pharisees, we had 613 commandments. And I followed every one of them and was never accused of breaking one of them. That's how good I was. So he's saying, if anybody had confidence in their works, it was me. I could have I could have put my confidence there. Now, how do we, in our life today, how do we experience the, the, the bad things, the, the destruction that can come when we fall underneath this performance, righteousness, you know, trying to work our own way to God trap? There's a couple different ways. And the first way is so many people try to do this is they try to attempt to please God by following rules. They try to please God by just following the rules. And this is a really bad idea anyway because depending on what church you belong to, the rules kind of vary. You know, when you think about the, the different denominations. You know, you may say, well, I must be okay with God today because, you know, I read the Bible first thing when I woke up this morning. I read the Bible, so I must be okay. Or I prayed today, so I must be okay with God. Or you might say, I witnessed to somebody today. You know, I was driving driving to work, and I saw somebody trying to fix a flat tire alongside the road, so I rolled down my window when I drove past them and kind of slowed down and yelled out, Jesus loves you, so I must be okay. <laughs> I must be fine today. Because God is pleased by what I do. But then some people, 
and this might be the bigger one, some people try to justify their relationship with God based on what they don't do. Well, I don't sin like you do. So I must be good. I don't listen to secular music, so I must be good. Or I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't run with girls who do. So I'm good. I'm right with God. And we attempt to please God by following our own set of rules. And basically, when you think about it, that's just a performance trap, isn't it? We're just trying to perform to get to God. When we're doing good, we feel good. When we're doing bad, we feel bad. We feel far from God. That's the performance trap. That's all it is. The second area of the performance trap is when we start to believe this, that our worth is based on production and how we perform. That our worth to God is based on what we produce and how we perform. We believe our value is based on those things. Our production and our performance. And to uh, be honest with you, a little pastoral confession time I do from time to time. This is one I've struggled with and basically my entire ministry life. And uh, in all honesty, it's just something that I recently overcome, but it still kind of tries to creep back in from, from time to time. And it's like, am I... A, and when, I, when I'm confessing this, I'm not looking for compliments, okay? So don't compliment me when you go out today because I know it's just coming out of pity. Right? <laughs> so, so don't do that, all right? But, you know, it's like, am I a good pastor? Well, it depends. Did you like to listen? You know, I don't know. You know, most people, they don't really necessarily say things when they like it, but they only say things when they don't like it. And so, you know, you bring out the thought of, am I producing? Am I valuable? Was the church growing? Are things going well? Am I a good pastor? And back in the earlier days of this church, you know, I had to regularly meet with a group of guys who's from the mission who was supporting us and helping us get up off the ground and I had to meet with them on a, on a monthly basis and I would always 100% of the time walk away from those meetings feeling like a massive failure all the time how many people did you have what did you average that was less than the previous month why is that Know why? How can you fix that? What programs can you implement to to you know stop to stop that? What are you doing wrong? So you know, I'm thinking I must not be producing. So I must not be good. And I start to wrongly think that my worth is based on production and how I perform. And it's easy for all of us to fall into that trap when you think about it. And what Paul is what Paul is saying in that in this chapter that we're reading is he said, Man, I had a better performance than anybody. Hey, I had better performance than anybody. If anybody could have said that they were good enough, then it would have been me. But my works were nothing but a load of garbage. And that's what he says. Look at what he says in Philippians chapter 3. We'll start at verse 9 here. And when, when he starts out, remember he's talking about his works. We, we just read that. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And for His sake I have discarded everything else 
counting it all as garbage. You could say the phrase, load of garbage is biblical, because it's right there. (laughs) Paul says it right there. Why does he consider it garbage? So that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. And now, here's the key here, and you might underline these last couple sentences in this verse here. He says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. So the righteousness that I have with God is not my own. Okay, it is not from me. It is based on faith in Jesus. I can never work my way to please God. And I can never stop sinning my way to please God. The only way that I can be made right with God is through the perfect sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ, and that alone. Now, as I have said many times, I just want to remind you here today that when it comes to Jesus, it comes to having a relationship with Him, it's not Jesus plus good works. It's not Jesus plus religious efforts. It's not Jesus plus not sinning. But it's Jesus plus nothing. And the only righteousness that I can have is through my faith in Jesus. And whenever I recognize that fact, and the words that Satan wants to use to bring us all down, you're never going to measure up when he says that. He's wanting to bring us down. Instead, God wants to use that to set us free. Just think about it. I can never be good enough. So instead, what I have to do is I have to trust Him. I have to trust God. And I have to trust Him alone. And when we finally do that, it takes the pressure off. It's like a load of bricks being removed from you. And it changes everything. And that phrase, instead of being something that beats me down, beats each and every one of us down, it can be something that can free us up under the grace of God. Not to perform, not for His approval, but from the approval in Jesus. Now what happens a lot of times is as humans, we, we use the phrase, but when I. But when I. But when I do this, then I will be good enough. But when I get this taken care of, then I will measure up. But what we need to say, instead of saying, but when I, we need to say, but when God. And that's what Paul did in Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Sorry, I forgot to advance that slide, but Galatians chapter 1, he says, But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by His grace... And I want you to stop right there for a second because I want you to check this out. God did not call Paul because Paul was good, did He? We've already established that fact. He called him by His grace. Okay, God did not call Paul because he was circumcised on the eighth day or because he was from the tribe of Benjamin. God called Paul by His grace. And then he goes on and says, He was pleased to reveal His Son in me 
so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. And my immediate response was not to consult any human being. And that right there is when everything changed. Everything changed. But the problem is, like I said just a moment ago, too many of us, we want to say, but when I... And the way that it works is it goes like this. But when I'm good enough, then I can make a difference for God. But when I finally understand the Bible good enough, then I can teach it. Then I can you know, work back with, with the kids. Then I can do something like that. Or when I get my prayer life where it needs to be, then I can say prayers out loud. But when I get this sin out of my life that's been bothering me for so long, then I can make a difference. But when I get my life straightened out, then I can be bold at work. But when I get my marriage back on track to where it should be, then I can be a spiritual leader to my kids. But when I... You can fill in the blank. We could go on. But when I... The problem is, you can't. In your own power, you can't. Because we cannot do it on our own. We never will be able to. Underneath our own power, we will never be able to succeed. And that's why the truth that Satan means to use to beat you down, God wants to use that truth to build you up and to set you free. Because we cannot measure up. And when we realize that, it becomes good news. It becomes great news. Because the pressure's off. Okay, it's not up to us to try to do it. It's Jesus doing it through us. Whenever we are weak, that's where His strength is made perfect. So it's not, but when I, but it should be, but when God. But when God calls you, it doesn't matter what other people think. But when God forgives you, it doesn't matter when Satan tries to bring up the past. You are forgiven. Listen to God. Don't listen to Satan. Okay, you are forgiven. But when God empowers you, nothing can stop you. But when God heals you, it doesn't matter what the doctors say. But when God, but when God calls you, not because you're good enough, but when God calls you by His grace, that is when everything changes. That's when everything changes. That's why it's the good news. Because we can't be good enough. I mean, we can't be good enough. It's the good news. And that's why it's good news. Jesus did for us what we could not do. And that's why you surrender your life to Him and to Him alone. And that's why obedience to Him, when, it, when He changes our life, having Him in our, in our life changes us and we obey Him when we do things for Him, we're doing that not out of an obligation to win His approval, but we're obeying Him and doing what He wants in our life out of appreciation for what He's done for us. And that makes all the difference in the world. Now here's a key statement I want you to take away from this. Hopefully you remember this sentence because it will make all the difference in the world for you. That's on your listening guide. It will be on the screen up here too. 
when I realize that God accepts me through Jesus, I'm no longer living for His approval, but living from His approval. I'm no longer living for His approval, trying to gain His approval, because there's no way I can. I'm living from His approval. I'm living from His approval, and I understand what Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, where it says, There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, if I'm doing great, or if I'm not doing great, that doesn't determine my standing with God. Okay? Does that make sense? that makes sense to you? I don't need to feel guilt. I don't need to feel like a failure. I don't need to feel all of that stuff if I'm not doing great, okay? But I feel the acceptance. And I feel the love of God. And I please God out of the strength and the security of knowing that I'm right with God through Jesus Christ, through what He's done for me, and when I realize that, that makes all the difference. That changes everything. Now, as we've been talking about this, it's very possible that some of you today, you've come to the realization that you've been living underneath this performance trap, the, this, this thing that we've talked about today, that you've been trying to please God only by living by the rules. You think that your value, your worth is based on what you produce and how you perform and you're a perfectionist, okay, a lot of times because when you achieve your own standard of perfection then you feel really good, and you know, that's a whole other story, and when you don't achieve that, then you feel bad, you feel guilty. Maybe you feel like that. You know, maybe, maybe that describes you. You want to be set free from that. You want to be set free by the truth. You can't measure up. Okay, you can't measure up. Let go of that mindset. Okay, accept the freedom that Jesus offers. We need to accept that. You cannot, no matter how hard you try, you cannot work your way to God. On the flip side of that, no matter how hard you try, you cannot stop sinning your way to God. Okay, it is only through faith in Jesus. It is only by accepting His grace. Jesus made all of this possible by dying on the cross for us. I told you that we were going to get deep today. You might need to go back and review your notes and you know, think about some of this stuff. But it's also very basic because it all goes back to what Jesus did for us on the cross. For dying for our sins, giving us the forgiveness so we don't have to work our way to God. Okay, we can't do that. We don't have to do that. And He also gives us power to live life today so that we don't have to live under that performance trap, but we can live freely in the grace of God. We can freely follow Him and obey Him and live the life that He has for us. And that's what Jesus makes possible for us. And it is only through His grace, through God's grace, through faith in what Jesus did. And just a moment, we'll have a time of communion and use this as a time to visit with God.
talk with God, see if there's any changes that need to be made, maybe ask for forgiveness for trying to live under this performance trap of trying to do things your own way. Ask for His grace upon your life. Ask for His forgiveness. But just take it in remembrance of Him. The sacrifice that He made for us. Alright, let's pray.